Hello, friends and neighbors. Welcome to the Monster Ate the Pilot podcast. It's the podcast. It's hosted by me, Brandon. It's Thursday. It's time for the Sports Talk. That's right. Sports Talk, the show dedicated to Brandon talking about sports. This week, we've got some Liverpool stuff. We got a Hella's Real recap. And we also got some special business. Oh, some special business that I forgot to talk about last week and I felt bad. So I want to talk about a little bit this week. It's not going to take up a huge amount of time, but I've got to talk about it because it's a big part of me for a while. Or he was a big part of the reason it was a big part of me for a while. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? I don't think there was anything else I was going to talk about. So, um, oh yeah, let's jump right into it, I guess. Yeah, fuck it, right? Yeah, it's sports talk. It's sporty talk. Oh, it's the footy talk. I don't know, man. <laughs> <laughs> if you like what you've heard, spread a good word anywhere podcasts are available. You can find Monster 8, the pilot. It's the podcast. You know, it's in video form on Spotify. Check it out. That's right. You can watch me with this bandana on and acting like nothing's wrong with me. Acting like everything's fine with this bandana on. What's up? Ditchy. <laughs> Do I have lice? That suck. I don't want lice. It's one of those things I don't want. Oh, sports talk. Let's jump into it. Last week. Um, it was official. I think I talked about it on my, I was pretty sure it was coming, but it became official. David Krejci retired from the NHL and the Boston Bruins. Krejci was a fantastic player. I love the guy. Great player. You know, for a while was the best, one of the best centers in the game. Uh, was always a really, really good dynamic center. Played well in the playoffs. Was great. He was fantastic. A lifelong Bruin. Only retired for what well, he. Well, he didn't retire. He uh, went back to the. After COVID, he flew back home to Czech Republic, and um, or Czechia, however they say it now. And played for a season. Came back this year for one last go. I was not. I'm not as heartbroken as I was about the uh, with the Bergeron stuff. Um, I kind of knew once Bergey retired that Krejci probably was retiring too. Um, I thought the only way Krejci was coming back is only if Bergeron came back. Um, cause I think he's like, well, maybe we can give it one last go. Cause everything last year with Krejci seemed like one last go to try and win one more with Stanley cup. And obviously that didn't happen, but you know, it's, it's sad. Nonetheless, Krejci was a fantastic player, an all time great Bruin. He's not quite in the same tier as like a Bergeron or those guys, but you know, he's right there. He's a, he's a, he was one of the greats. Uh, so thank you for your time, David Krejci. It was an honor to watch you play. Uh, so thanks Krejci. Anyways, which one? Let's jump. Let's jump into the Liverpool game first. I'm gonna save Hellas real for last. Oof, it was good. Oh, it was good. Liverpool three, Bournemouth one. For ten minutes, this was dog shit. Dog shit for about ten to twelve minutes. It was awful. There's not one person on that pitch that was wearing red, Liverpool red. I could say they were having a good game. Oh, whoo. Started off like immediately within the first minute. Long ball over the top. Um, Allison comes flying out for no reason. Trent doesn't track well. Nobody takes care of it. Ball in the back of the net. Get bailed out, fortunately, by the player being offside, which he was offside by about, I don't know, a few feet. So we got bailed out. Then a few minutes later, um, pass out to Trent. He takes a horrible touch. Shows no urgency. Gets, uh, you know, closed down. Nick the ball. Boom, boom, boom. Really well-taken goal. And it's a one nail Bournemouth. And you're like, what the fuck is this, man? Uh, it was not good. It was not good. It was not good at all. It was, in fact, 
it was bad, you would say. It was bad, you should say. Um, eventually, Liverpool started getting themselves back into the game. Um, that was one of those things, like, God, if we play this bad just to, like, to lose 1-0 and, like, you know, then get to dominate the rest of the game and not score, like, I was just going to be like, you know what? Maybe I just won't watch out of this year just because I just can't handle this bullshit anymore. Um, let's see. Brighton's top of the table. I didn't know that. Good for Brighton, bro. Good for Brighton. Damn it. Oh, I hate how they do this shit. Why do they do this shit so stupid? Sorry. Sorry. Nope. Wrong way. I'm an idiot, man. I don't know how to do anything right. There we go. God damn. Oh, it took Liverpool to the 28th minute to finally break, uh, get back into the game and tie it up. A uh, well-taken goal from Lucho Diaz. Ball comes in. He flicks himself. He takes a touch, kind of rolls up. He flicks it and then quickly kind of like a kind of a, almost a bicycle kick, but not like a true bicycle kick. It was it was a really well-taken goal. Made it 1-1. A few minutes later, uh, Zobo uh, Sly gets taken down in the box. He gets nudged. He goes over. It's a penalty. He got touched. I mean, it's kind of a little bit soft, but guess what? He got touched. It's not a fucking dive. If you get touched and you go over, it's not a dive at all. Yeah, if you make the most of it, it's still not a dive. A dive is going over when nobody's touched you. I wish people would fucking get that. Oh! Anyway, Mo steps up and misses. Mo needs to go off penalties. It's like his third straight miss. But, you know, luckily the ball came right back to him. He slotted away on the rebound. But that's like, the, I think it's his third straight miss. So, uh, yeah, Mo, off penalties for a while. He'll hate that. But no, sorry, you missed three in a row. What else do you want? Um, and then in the 58th minute, because Liverpool basically were kind of in cruise control, looking good. Um, ball comes out. McAllister tries to win it. Um, pretty innocuous challenge. And he got a red card for it. The fuck? The fuck? <laughs> like, I kept watching it back. I'm like, maybe you could justify yellow in this situation, but you can't really even justify that. Like, it was a horrible red card. And it went to VAR, and guess who was on VAR? Paul Tierney, a guy I literally called a racist last year. Like, he's either incompetent or a racist. And guess what? He was definitely incompetent because he, you know, yep, that's a red card. They've rescinded this, by the way. The uh, yeah, the FA said no, this is not a red card, and they've uh, knocked it down. So McAllister has not been suspended for any red cards. Like, oh my god, this was ridiculous. This was a horrible call, a horrible call. I saw something like where the Premier League was looking at uh, looking at some stuff and was saying, oh, this is where you know they don't want to re-referee the games. That's the whole fucking point of VAR is to make sure you don't make the wrong calls because all the guy on the field maybe he saw it like you know. If you watch it, the foot from uh, McAllister is up a little bit, but it's like foot to foot right as the ball leaves, like within a split second, even in slow-mo, it's a split second. The ball's there, then it's not. The other guy wins it. It's a foul. You might be able to justify a yellow card, but really, it's not even a yellow. Or it shouldn't be. But, you know, maybe he sees like, oh, the foot's up a little bit, and maybe he thinks like he gets um, the Bournemouth player a little bit higher. Maybe he thinks he gets him up on like higher up the ankle or the shin, where that could be a red card. VAR is supposed to step in and say, no, it's not a red card. It's like, yo, he only gets him on a foot. They barely even hits him with the studs. It's not a red. It's not a red. It's a yellow at the most. Nope. He's just like, it's the right call because I suck. And I don't understand. I do not understand. 
Tierney and Klopp have a very public feud going about how what Klopp thinks of Tierney's refereeing ability. Why is he still working Liverpool games? How can you trust him to be having an objective mind when he's so publicly criticized by Klopp all the time for being this bad at his job? He's well, he, you know, rightfully so, by the way, from Klopp to call out how bad Tierney is as an official. He's so fucking bad. He's like the Ukrainian guy who, in the MLS who every single time referees a game, the managers come out and say, I don't know what the fuck is happening on this field. I don't get it. Why is he still working Liverpool games? It doesn't make sense. Doesn't make sense. And this could have changed like the whole course of the game. It's 2-1. Like, you know, and now we're down 10 men. But luckily, a few minutes later, uh, Sobos takes a shot, takes a save. But Yota is following in like the poacher that he is. Boom, 3-1. We're able to see out the rest of the game. Like, oh, needlessly. And like, like I said, then the FA overturns and say, yeah, it shouldn't have been a red card. Oh, cool. We're going, are you going to do anything about the fact that the officials made it, gave it a red card when it shouldn't be? Like I say, it, you really can't even fault the guy on the field. He makes the wrong call, correct. But you have VAR in this situation to fix that. It's like, oh, he made a bad call. We can fix that. Like, hey, you maybe, you know, maybe you want to see it again. Like, that would make sense. No. He's like, nope, that's the right call. And like the look on McAllister's face when he realizes he got sent off is just perfect. Like, just unbelievably shocked. Shocked that he got a red. He kind of just looks up and sees a red and his eyes get so big. Like, are you serious? A red card? <laughs> like, it's un- unbelievable, man. It's unbelievable how bad officiating is getting, dude. So unbelievable. And, like, it's gotten so much worse since VAR. VAR is supposed to be there to help the refs. It's going to help the refs get even better. And they continue to get worse because you continuously let bad officials make more judgment calls. And since they don't know how the game works and they have bad judgment, they just make worse calls. And you have no idea why they're making worse calls. If they were talking and you can understand here why they're explaining, like, oh, this is why this is a red. Okay, but... No, you don't get to hear that. You get to, you just go on the assumption they don't know what the fuck they're doing. Because literally, you watch on the field and you realize they don't know what the fuck they're doing. It's a joke. It's a joke. Get rid of VAR at that point. Like, if VAR is not there to actually help them do anything, and VAR is not there to help them, apparently, apparently it's not there to re-referee the game, then what the fuck's its point? Like, what's the point? What's the point of it? Get the fuck out of here. VAR was stupid anyway. I fucking didn't like it when he came in. I don't give a shit. Oh. So yeah, we got to see out the game 3-1. So thankfully, it didn't affect the game that much in terms of like, the actual goals. Um, or in terms of the actual like final result. But Jesus, dude. Yes, 3-1 to the Reds. I've got, you know, I'm just starting my vacation, man. I'm starting my vacation. I actually get to watch the minor Reds of Liverpool this weekend. When do they play? They play Newcastle on Sunday at 11.30. All right, sobriety day. Brandon's going to be watching Newcastle-Liverpool. It's going to be fantastic, buddies. Um, My nose itches. Before we get too deep, Hibernian got their asses kicked by Aston Villa today in the Conference League, so they're probably basically out of Europe. they got to play a second leg. Yeah, it was 5-0. They lost at Villa 5-0, so no. But the other cool thing, though, if you're not a big fan of Scottish football, I'm just going to give you a quick rundown. There's two teams. There's Rangers and there's Celtic. They win everything. That's basically Scottish football. Um, They typically, you know, make deep runs in both the cup competitions and one of them. Whoever loses, the other one wins. Uh, Celtic got beat super early 
in the Scottish Cup. They already got beat by uh, Kilmarnock, I think, if I'm thinking correctly. Kilmarnock, Kilmarnock, I can't remember how they say it. But yeah, they beat Celtic the other day, 1-0. That opens up the whole competition. Now everybody can just gun after Rangers as hard as possible and like make their lives living hell in the comp competition. And then we can have, you know, a different winner. Maybe that could be Hibernian, man. Sunshine on Leith to the Scottish Cup. Man, that's the whole reason I decided to become a Hibernian fan was because I saw like the highlights of, I think it was 2016 when they won it. Yeah, 2016 when they won it. The Scottish Cup was 2018. Whoops. I keep forgetting. Yeah, 2016. I think they beat. Did they beat Celtic or they beat Rangers? Uh, they beat Rangers 3 2. And it had the whole stadium sing a sunshine on Leith. Like, oh, yeah, dude. It's one of those goosebump moments. I'm like, this. Also, like, I chose Hibernian over Celtic just because, you know, they both have Catholic roots. And also, at the same time, I don't want to root for Celtic because it's, it's you know, you're just piggybacking on the glory. Like, oh, yeah, we would, we would, we would. It's like, yeah, you win every fucking year. You know what I mean? If Hibernian wins a fucking league, it's going to be insane. You're going to be on that ride with them. Like, how this is insane. I never thought this day would be happen. It's like when Liverpool won their, you know, the league title a couple years ago, you know. The first couple years, I'm like, this will never happen. This is never going to happen. It finally happened. It took like a decade of me being a Liverpool fan. Like, there's guys who had to wait 30 years for that. I waited 10, and that was a long time. And like, the ride, the emotional ride of the ups and downs and all that is fucking incredible. When you just root for the glory teams, you don't get that. You don't get the fun of all that. You don't get to live and die with any, like, on results. Like, it's fucking boring. <sighs> I'm really sick. I'm not like super sick, but I'm still like, Jesus, man. I'm still kind of stuffed. It's stupid. Oh, but no. The Scottish Cup is wide open. It's going to be great. It's going to be great. Why is this piece of shit Dave texting me? Yeah, you can, you piece of garbage. Oh, whatever. <laughs> now, nah, let's get into this hell is real game. Let's get into the hell is real, man. And then we'll preview uh, Columbus and Toronto for this weekend. And then we will get out of here, man. We'll get out of here. I think I'm trying to get, I'm finally maybe starting to figure out what sports talk's supposed to be about. I'll probably have a completely different format next week. So, anyway, we've got Hell is Real, Columbus Crew versus Cincinnati. At Lower.com Field, me and JR got there pretty early. And let me tell you, man, it was hell. It was so fucking hot. Oh, my God. And just sitting there, bathing in your own sweat. Because it was just so stupidly hot. Oh, man. Come on. Let me find the results real quick. I just want to get all the stats lined up. I should have had this all ready to go. I need to do a little bit more prep work. Before I start the episodes. <laughs> I'm not sure why I'm doing that. I can just do this, can I? Yeah, there we go. Yep. Uh, make sure if it plays a video that it doesn't. Columbus played really well. This is Columbus's best result of the season. Best performance of the season. We were on top the entire game. Cincinnati barely got a fucking sniff all game long. That said, Schulte did have to make a couple saves in the first half. Uh, a couple good ones. I think he made the first save. I think uh, Cincinnati kind of came out was playing a little or a little more incisive with their movement. Like Columbus always had the lion's share of possession, but Cincinnati's making very good incisive movement at the very beginning. Uh, for Schulte and a couple good saves. Um, Aiden lined up a big shot early that you know went wide, which is a sign of things to come. And oh man, 
and did it come in the 15th minute? It was good. Uh, Yaboa down the left-hand side, lays it off to Morris at the top of the box, takes one touch, and then he just snipers one top corner. Snipers one in the top corner. It was excellent. Excellent. Excellent stuff, man. Where's my notes at? Did I have anything else? I was shocked that we went with the back three we did. I really thought we'd have started Camacho in this game just to have the proper center back. Bupenza is I thought Bupenza was a little bit bigger than what he is. I think he's only five I think he's five eleven. And then uh Vasquez is six two. And like they play both of them up top, obviously Acosta drop it in deep. Uh Bupenza, Acosta, and Vasquez have no idea how to play with each other. At least like just how this game looked. They have no idea how to play with each other. <laughs> like um I thought Vasquez got pulled in the sixtieth minute. And then it was like the 89th, 90th minute. Like he, I think he touched or he went out of bounds or he got called for a foul. I'm like, oh shit, Vasquez is still out there. Like I totally understand about uh, uh, Malone talking about how, anyway, the show Justin Malone talking about how he is wasteful. Or he's basically just a ghost out there. He's a passenger. He's just a straight up goal merchant or a tap in merchant. He's there just to tap him in and get all the glory for scoring the goal when he does nothing all game long because he didn't do anything at all. Um, Acosta has some nice little flicks, little tricks. Little, you know, he's a really good player. He's only 5'3". I didn't really see he was that small, but he is small. But yeah, you could tell he's a good player. I thought Zawadzki was phenomenal though on him. He was basically man-marking him, and I thought he did a fantastic job. He turned him inside out a couple different times. Um, Marrera was very aggressive moving forward. I thought Amundsen was very clean at the back. Um, Zawadzki, I thought, was the best of the three. He had a fantastic goal line clearance at the 2 at the two nil mark where it looked like uh, it was like right after we got the second goal. The second goal comes, ball goes in the box, Ramirez is trying to flick the ball past, Barrio tries to kick it, he kicks it right up into his own hand, which is outstretched. Uh, Ted Uncle, who is the official, calls for the penalty. I believe the correct call. If it was straight from, like, you know, how close they kind of were, if it was Ramirez kicking it straight into his hand, like, mm, mm, maybe. I still think, like, where how his arm was extended, I would, would still say it's a uh, handball. But the fact that Barrial kicked it into his own makes it easy for me. Cucho steps up, makes their uh, keeper go the wrong way. 2-0. Straight from that, though, they get a great opportunity. They look like they get by Schulte. I think Bupenza kind of flicks it past Schulte, but Zawaski clears it right off the line. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. Zawaski was phenomenal, except for one moment late in the first half. Uh, the last, like, five minutes of the first half, Columbus got really sloppy. Like, we were fantastic for 40 minutes, and then for about five minutes, we got sloppy. A couple really bad giveaways really gave them some opportunities to get back into the game, but for once, the crew did not break. They held their ground, held the score at 2-0 going into halftime. Mm. And then second half, we dominated the game. I don't think they, I think they had one chance very early in the second half. They had one opportunity early in the second half. I think Bupenza had an opportunity, and... Um, and Schulte made the save, you know, and then we had the great moment, 55th minute, Matan goes off, which was what I thought Matan would go off, Rossi comes in, Rossi is going to be really good, he gets himself in very dangerous areas, he, you know, got a couple good shots, their keeper kept it from really getting out of hand, like you cut, you know, there's a couple opportunities that, you know, really we should be scoring from, uh, one was a really good save, I cannot remember his name, is it Roman, I can't remember his name, um, the Cincinnati keeper, he made one that was a really, really good save that he kind of had no business making. Um, it really could have been a 4-5-0 game. 
uh, but Rossi was really good. I thought Ramirez was great. Everybody was really good. Aiden was phenomenal in the middle of the park. Nagby does his job every single time because he's a captain, steady hand. Marrera, uh, Zawadzki, uh, Munson did phenomenal stuff at the back all night long. Uh, quite a shift for those guys back there. I thought Yaboa was fantastic down the left-hand side. Um, and obviously Gressel did a good job. His delivery still need uh, kind of get up to speed and understand where everybody's going to be. But, you know, you can see it. He puts the effort in. He's all in on this team, just like I am. But 96th minute, we're at the end. Morris, who's just, you know, had a phenomenal game. Man of the match easily was Aiden Morris. Uh, turns him inside out, turns uh, Kubo inside out. Goes uh, going down the pitch, fires one in. I think I think he fires it into Ramirez. Yeah, he fires into Ramirez. Ramirez takes a little touch, flips it, and then flips it on to Ray- Russell Rowe. Fantastic little pass. Fantastic little pass. And Russell Rowe gets off to the side. Boom, rifles one on the top of the net. If Russell Rowe can consistently get himself into good positions and start having a little bit more um, decisiveness, and decisiveness in his finishing, like what a weapon he could be off the bench. He's still young. He's still figuring it out. I don't know if he's quite ever got it in him to be consistent at this level, but if he can find that little bit of consistency going down the stretch here, what a weapon he would be. You'd have, you know, Cucho, Ramirez, and Rossi as your starters. Matan, who's played really well. I thought he played really good again. He That goal, the goal he scored against Minnesota has seems to unlock something, has unlocked some weird toughness thing, because he seems to be shaking off tackles and just keeping the ball. His passing still quite a bit wayward at times, but you know, there's, he's so much stronger on the ball. He's so much more confident. So mm, if you have that, and then if we have Russell Rowe coming in and could like fire one in, that's five deep right there. That's uh that's some good shit to have in the MLS. So man, it was a great game. Great game. Statistic wise, everything backs up. Like Columbus was the better team. 61% possession, uh, yellow cards too. There was a the weird yellow card. I thought Aiden was going to get a yellow card. When I saw the replay, I think Uncle made the right call. Like, it seemed like Aiden pulls him down, but when you watch the replay, what Uncle's calling is, um, I can't remember the ki- what the kid's name is for uh, Cincinnati, number five. He comes in elbow high and, like, hits Aiden across the face. So Uncle calls, like, the car, uh, calls the foul. And I thought he's coming in to give the yellow card to Aiden, then he gives the yellow card to the Cincinnati player and points the other way. They lose their minds. Then I watched the replay. I'm like, he makes the right call there. I mean... I'm not going to say it was a red. I don't think it was a red, but I could see a ref giving a red for that foul. It was a high elbow to the face. <laughs> like It was not pretty, which, you know, I thought Uncle did a pretty good job all night. Um, it got weird. Like, he was really good about letting them play for most of the game. And then about the 80th minute, he started getting weirdly ticky-tack on, like, fouls against Columbus. I'm like, he's let the game go. Now he's just... Ticky-tack, ticky-tack, ticky-tack. Our offside trap was really good. Uh, they got called for five offsides. We didn't get called for one. I mean, we were the better team. They had to make six saves. And like I said, Rossi came really close to scoring. Kucho came really close to scoring. Uh, Ramirez and Nagby kind of got in each other's way. Like, if Ramirez kind of just leaves it, Nagby puts it away. And if they both leave it and Rossi realizes they're leaving it, he puts it away. Like, like yeah, there was a point where they're both making the same exact run in the same exact area, so they both just kind of cancel each other out, and the ball ends up going out for a corner. Or not a corner, a goal kick. Like, we were really good. We were really, really good in this game. Like, so, this was the performance of the season. Um, better than even, like, the America game. I think I've called this a couple different times this season. I'm trying to remember. 
uh, but the Nashville game, I think was way up there, the home game. So, I mean, this was good stuff. This was very good stuff. Very happy. Very happy. Very happy. Went down there. JR brought his hobbled ass down as well. We got there early, went to Flatiron Tavern beforehand, had some Sandos, man. We crushed them. It was dope, dog. Uh, why'd I say that? Uh, it's gross. Anyways. That leaves uh, Cincinnati still top of the table with 51 points. New England is second with 43. Then you got Philadelphia and Orlando City, who has quietly had a really good season, at 40 points. Then there's Columbus Crew at 39. We have the best goal differential in the entire... Is that in the entire fucking MLS now? When we win, we win big, man. Now we're behind St. Louis City. We do have the best goal differential in the entire Eastern Conference with plus 15. We are, I think, far and away now. Now, we are one goal behind St. Louis City for goals uh, scored. And defensively, we have gotten better. We'll still be sloppy. Uh, Camacho got to come in. Shaberko got to come in. Obviously, Rossi got to come in, so we got to see the new bloods. Um, very excited, man. Hopefully, I know Zawatsky left late. Uh, in the game, uh, hopefully it's just cramping stuff because like it was brutally hot. It was brutally hot. Uh, the festivities before the game, the atmosphere was phenomenal. Um, they played. I the band that played was called Welshly Arms. They played their big song, which is a huge song. It's got like a hundred million streams on Spotify. I'd never heard it. I mean, you know, I don't know if it's a radio song or what. It's just or just they're not in my circle. Um, they're playing Roomba, and they have, like, multiple songs over, like, 50 million streams. I'm like, how the fuck are people going to be fitting in the Roomba Cafe to watch these guys? Eh, but whatever. Wilford Dancy, I forgot. Big Willie Style was not on the sidelines for the game. He got the, you know, uh, light the, what, the, the fire or whatever and at the beginning, do the demo stuff. Yeah, it was cool. It was good to see how Willie Style having a good time, man. Big Willie Style. This is Big Willie Style football at its best. We were on top, and we stayed on top all game. Um, let's see. So next up, it's the crew versus Toronto. Where's Toronto? I know Toronto's not having a good season, are they? They are not. They are second from the bottom of the Eastern Conference. 19 points on the season. Uh, has Bob Bradley been fired yet? He should be. I've never really cared. Like, I know some people, for some reason, think Bob Bradley's a good coach. He's not. I know the Men and Blazers guys who get way too hard for American things in English soccer always talk about how he didn't get a fair uh, he didn't get a fair shake in the Premier League. It's like, no, Swansea brought him in. They realized, oh, he's not a very good coach and got his ass out of there before he did more damage, which that team was going down anyway. There's nothing Bob Bradley could have done, but Bob Bradley's not a good coach. Never was. Sorry. Um, it's still kind of shocking how bad they are. They're like weird. They have like some top heavy stuff with Bernadeschi and, um, Nzinye or whatever, however you say his name, the Italian guys they brought in. Um, I know they got some young talent. Like I know Marshall Ruddy's supposed to be really high talent. I know he's been linked a couple times with Liverpool as being the next Alfonso Davies, but you know, that's a, that's a huge fucking, that's a huge, <laughs> that's a huge uh, pair of boots to fill. Um, yeah, a lot of young guys, nobody's really performing for them. So hope this should be three points for Columbus. Um, the team, they're not a good scoring team, 20 goals. I think they're the worst scoring team in 
the entire MLS. No, the second above Colorado. Colorado is not even a real team at this point. Uh, we're a scoring team, so you know this would be a great opportunity to get Rossi more acclimated. Um, I'm calling it Rossi scores his first goal this weekend, Saturday night. Me, my mother, my sister, and her fiance will be there. It's going to be great. In terms of goals allowed, they're they're bad defense. Well. They've only given up three more goals than us. I was going to say they're bad defensively, but it's only three more goals than us. Same time, you know, only two teams in the Eastern Conference worse than them. So this is a game. They have to capitalize on this momentum, keep going. Uh, Toronto is good at getting a draw. They've got 10 draws in the season. So, I mean, they might be able to scratch points together. But, yeah, we've got to come out on top, front foot, get the goals early, get get on top, stay on top. You know, no mercy, man. No mercy. Um I would so Willie's back for this game. I wonder if we do kind of do a change at the back. I guess it'll depend on Zawadzki's health because, like I said, I know he left he left the game early. Um, and by I mean like in the eighty fifth minute, I think it was just more the heat and the cramps just to get somebody else on. It could be a little bit gamemanship as well. Hmm. Um, I'm trying to think. Obviously, Schultze. I think at the back we're going to go with the same. I think we'll go Morero, Zawadzki, and Amundsen. Amundsen, and we have Yaboa, uh, Gressel on the the wingbacks. Midfield, obviously, of Morris and Nagby. Hopefully Morris can develop more of that shot and be more consistent with it and become a little bit more of an offensive force. That's one thing he's lacking. The one thing that kind of keep Aiden Morris from becoming a great midfielder in the like in world football is that he doesn't do anything great. He's really good at everything. Like you know, He's a good passer. He's got a good engine. He's got good technique. Like, he's not overly big. He's not overly fast. Like, he's not overly athletic. He's like, he's like, he's got solid athleticism. He's solid everywhere. Like, the difference between like Aiden Morris and then like those, like, uh, Sobosly for like a Liverpool or something like that. Sobosly is a world class presser. His athleticism, his technique is just like, you no, know, flawless. And that's like the one thing that would hold Aiden back. If Aiden can develop a kind of a fucking boomstick from outside the box, that could take him to a higher level. Because right now, in my mind, I don't want to be mean. I'm not trying to be downer here. Aiden's like top level is probably like mid-tier German first league, which is good. It's just great stuff. You know, playing for like a cone or a Mines or somebody like that. I think that that's kind of like a ceiling. I don't think he could break into a top level champions. Uh, Champions League side, a consistent Champions League side. I think he might be able to be a guy who comes off and does a job, kind of like Tyler Adams, though I don't think he's quite got the ceilings that Adams should have had if he didn't get injured so much. Whatever, what am I talking about? But if Aiden can develop that shot just a little bit more, because mm, that was a fucking sniper rifle to the top corner. Like, just struck it as sweetly as possible. Boom. It was beautiful. 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 Yeah, so there, then up top, I'd say Rossi, Ramirez, Cucho. I think, yeah, I think they're going to unleash Rossi. I think that they just gave him, you know, it's a big game. You know, don't, you know, he hasn't played yet. This is his, will be his first game of the season, you know, because, you know, Turkey hadn't been going yet when they bought him. So it's like, you know, kind of acclimating a little bit. He looked ready to go to me. He looks ready to jump right into the pitch, and he's re- looking ready to score goals. I don't know if this makes us, like, uh, I talked to somebody, and they said favorites. I don't know for favorites, because <laughs> Cincinnati has been really good this season. I don't want to sit there and um, say that. 
that you know they've been fantastic all year. This is like a little bit of a blip in the radar, and I think they just beat Inter Miami. I guess it's still going on right now. It's two one. They're winning. Of course, Vasquez scored. You know, he probably touched the ball four times and got the score's goal. <laughs> ESPN has the crew as the number one, so okay. <laughs> oh, man. Though they really don't give a whole lot. Jeez, it's like a half a paragraph. Jesus Christ. How about uh, just a little bit of effort, ESPN? Jesus Christ. Um... Yeah, I, don't, I still want to put us as favorites. I still want to see defensively us be more consistent. I mean, have we even had a – do we even have back-to-back clean sheets this year? Like, I was shocked. At least I called the Columbus scoring three goals thing correctly, but I looked at Jerry. I'm like, I am just dumbfounded, especially when we didn't go with Camacho at the back, or at least, like, a recognized center back. I'm like, and like looking at, like, the size and athleticism of Pinza and then Vasquez, I'm like, man, they, they might be able to tear us up if they get the ball. And they only really did it once, where they played a long ball up top. And I think it was to Vasquez, and he played it with his chest right to Acosta, who was coming in behind, like, a little shadow striker, and kind of created a little decent chance. I think it was early in the second half. That's the, where they got their shot on goal. And never saw it again. Never saw that, like, them try that again. So Waski had some fucking hops late in the game. It was cool. It was real, real cool. Let's see. Yeah, that's our first clean sheet since Nashville. <laughs> so, since Nashville, 2-1, a 2-2, a 1-1, 3-2 loss, a 2-1 win, a 4-1 win, a 3-3, and then we finally had 3-0. Yeah, so uh, in terms of clean sheets, Jesus, we are leaky. Uh, it doesn't have all the games. No, we started getting going. We had like the fucking DC game. We also like, yeah, it's been not great. Let's just say not great defensively. So I want to see this defense become a little bit more consistent and uh, a little more cohesive. Limit the individual mistakes because we still almost made some individual mistakes in this game. Like the Zawadzki pass um, late in the first half. I think a Munson had a bad ball out, or maybe it was uh, Yaboa. Gave the ball cheaply away a couple times late in the first half, and they just didn't make us pay. Um, but the second half was so encouraging in terms of defense because, like, we barely gave up any opportunities. It was really, really good, especially with a guy like Acosta. He never stops, like, you know, and he's got such great technique, and you can you just see how good of a player he is. So, I mean, mm, cool. Uh, but no, happy, ecstatic. Wonderful. Ohio is yellow. Yeah. Ohio is crew, bro. Anyways, ladies and gentlemen, that's it for Sports Talk, I believe. I don't think I have anything else. Thank you so much for listening, understanding all the fun stuff. If you like what you've heard, you spread the good word. Anywhere podcasts are available, you can't find Monster 8 the Pilot. Watch it in video on Spotify. Um, I will be back. Still don't know. Still don't know what the schedule is this week. So I guess make sure you're subscribed. So I, you might be seeing something Monday. You might not. Haven't decided yet. Just deal with it, dude. Um, other than that, we just finished up season four of Lost. We'll have season five the next time you hear from me, unless next week's sports talks the next time you hear from me. I don't know. I don't know. We're going to the great unknown. You should be excited. I'm excited. Three years sobriety this weekend, man. Look for me on the TV. If you watch the Jason Russell Rogo uh, from this past weekend, you will see me react a, like a hint quicker than everybody else. If you know where to look at, where to look in the crowd for me, you'll see me react just a slight bit 
faster than everybody else because I saw it because, you know, I know so much more than everybody. <laughs> Anyways, thank you so much for listening in, standing all the fun stuff. Um, like I said, we'll f- just play it by ear. We'll we'll see where we're at. But, you know, go crew, go Liverpool, go Hibernian. I didn't talk about Portsmouth. I didn't talk about uh, Preston this week. I got my new Preston jersey should be on the way soon. Their road jerseys, these red jerseys. Chef's keys, man. Chef's keys. Uh, but other than that, thank you once again to David Krejci for a wonderful Boston Bruins career. Um, I don't think I had anything else. I felt like there was maybe one more thing I want to talk about, but I don't care. Anyways, I can save that for next week, I guess. Always have more to talk about next week with Sports Talk. We'll talk about the Toronto game, preview the following crew game. Um, I'll talk about the Liverpool-Newcastle game because I'll actually get to really watch instead of having to like watch highlights or just kind of keep checking my phone about what the fuck's happening or let the LSC transfer room guys tell me what's going on. I finally get to watch. Yay. Anyways, thank you so much for your support. It means the world to me. But 10-4, Daddy-O, let's get the fuck on out of here.